Second Peter chapter 1, beginning with verse number 1, give honor to Bishop and Mother Wright tonight. They are still out of town ministering in Mississippi. Keep them in your prayers as they are journeying back this week. I know many of you watched some of the conference this week in Mississippi. What an awesome time. Great conference. We are going to be working to get the... Uh, Material from that, the sessions from that, services available for those of you that like to see that, hear the preaching, be a part of what God did. Praise God. Second Peter 1, verse 1, going to read a couple of verses here. Be patient with me. Simon Peter, a servant and an apostle of Jesus Christ, to them that have obtained like precious faith, with us through the righteousness of God and our Savior Jesus Christ. Grace and peace be multiplied unto you through the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. According as His divine power hath given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness. Anybody want to know how to live? Anybody want to know how to have life? According to Peter, He's given us everything we need that pertains to life and godliness. I don't need a book. I don't need a seminar. I don't need some secular speaker. I just need the words of God. Through the knowledge of him that hath called us to glory and virtue. You understand there's not, there's not a single problem in this world today that the word of God does not have the answer for. There is, there's literally not an issue in our world that if people would just turn to the Word of God and allow it to gut, that it wouldn't take care of it. Pretty amazing, isn't it? Whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises, that by these you might be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through the lust. That's, a, that's another thing that's so awesome about what we do. Other religions, you're not invited to be participants in the divine nature. You're just followers of. But you and I have been invited to be participants, partakers of the divine nature. Having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. And besides this, giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue, to your virtue knowledge, to knowledge temperance, to temperance patience, to patience godliness, to godliness brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness charity. For if these things be in you and abound, they make you that you'll never be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. We miss a lot of obvious things. We read all kinds of books and watch all kinds of videos, listen to all kinds of preaching. And, and Peter said, if you'll just take care of adding these things in your life, you'll be fruitful. You'll never be barren. I, I said... I asked the young Marys last weekend a question, and I'll ask you for a second. Young Marys, you can't answer this if you were at that fellowship, so you have to be quiet. What's the key to a good relationship? Yell out a couple things. Communication. Patience. I, I, usually you hear communication is usually one of the first ones. You know what the key to a lasting marriage is? Love. No, that's too obvious and simple, isn't it? You want to not have a great relationship, apply great marriage, apply 1 Corinthians 13 to your marriage. 
Want to be a good husband, be a good wife? Live 1 Corinthians 13. You'll have an awesome marriage. We got to have all kinds of books on all kinds of subjects from every other angle. And, and, and the simple answers are in the Word of God. So if you add these things, you'll make sure you're never fruitful. You're never barren. But he that lacketh these things is blind and cannot see afar off and hath forgotten that he was purged from this old, from his old sins. Wherefore the rather, brethren, give diligence to make your calling and election sure. For if you do these things, you shall never fall. For so an entrance shall be ministered to you abundantly in the everlasting kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Now I read most of that just to give you a little bit of context of where this verse is. What I want to draw your attention to tonight is verse number 10. Wherefore the rather, brethren, give, if I could, if I could add this in there because it's implied, you give diligence to make your calling and election sure. Message Bible says this, verse 10. So friends, confirm God's invitation to you, His choice of you. Confirm God's invitation to you and His choice of you. Don't put it off. Do it now. Do this and you'll have your life on a firm footing. God's Word translation says it like this. Therefore, brothers and sisters... Use more effort to make God's calling and choosing of you secure. If you keep doing this, you'll never fall away. Use more effort to make God's calling and choosing of you secure. Preach to you tonight using as my title, Called, Chosen, and Anointed. Called, Chosen, and Anointed. Father, I thank you for your wonderful presence we have experienced in this place tonight. Thank you for what you've already done throughout this service, ministering to us, through us, in us. I pray, God, that you would continue now and that through your word you would minister, speak to our hearts and lives tonight, God. Let your word, let rhema come from you tonight, God. I ask you again tonight, Lord, that this not be a sermon for this service, but you allow me to be a messenger to speak a word from you. In the name of Jesus Christ, in Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. You may be seated. Wherefore, the rather, brethren, give diligence to make your calling and election sure. For if you do these things, you shall never fall. I, I guess in the most uh, literal application of verse 10, if you study it out, read what the commentaries have to say, it's referring at the very basis of all of this, I guess, to salvation. But as is with the case with most scriptures, there are varying applications and principles that can be applied from that passage. And so I'm I'm not here tonight to preach to you in the context of your, your salvation of making that sure. But, but, but with regards to your calling and your election. Again, the message Bible says, confirm God's invitation to you. His choice of you. Confirm God's choice of you. The good God's Word translation 
use more effort to make God's calling and choosing of you secure. I've said this before. I will say it again tonight. I understand that you cannot assume when God is dealing with you, working on you about something, that that's automatically for everybody else. Particularly as a, as a preacher, as a minister, when God is dealing with you, working on you, sharing something, showing something, you, you don't just assume you preach it, you teach it. However, a lot of times, since we're not um, all that different in the way God works with us, works in us, works through us, what we go through, I, I find it to be a rare thing that I'm dealing with something, going through something that nobody else can relate to. And so I have learned, and I trust that while you do not assume you automatically share everything God's giving you, that there are a lot of things that God intends for you to take and share. And so tonight is is one of those nights. I actually, this past week, Wednesday morning, I woke up with this verse on my mind. I, I, the that we need to make our calling and election sure and began to feel that it was direction uh, that the Lord was giving me for tonight. And I also, uh, as I was sitting there and looking at it just for a few moments, Wednesday, uh, Thursday morning, and pr- prior to heading to service Thursday morning at the Apostolic Conference, I, 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 um, I'm sure none of you have ever had this experience, but it kind of dawned on me when Thursday morning that the message Wednesday night actually God was talking to me. I was just listening. That's good stuff. That's good. Pre- wow, that's great. And then and then I woke up Thursday morning and I got to going, you know, I don't think that was just for everybody else. I think God was trying to say something to me. And uh I uh, remember, I think it was a Thursday night. No, actually, I think it was a Sunday night not too long ago. You know, I was telling you about, you know, the more I've become comfortable with who I am, what I am, the more God has done those things through me that I always, you know, wanted to happen, call people out or whatever. And and then remember I telling you about you go to a service and you're begging God for somebody to come give you a word and, and it never happens. You, you got your hopes up. And I, I went this week with absolutely no expectation. I was not looking for a word from God from someone directly to me. I did go with my heart and spirit open to what was going to be preached and trusted that whatever was preached, God would apply that to me. But I, I didn't, it wasn't one of those times, Brother Middleton. I went there, God, I, I need somebody to come give me a word. And wouldn't you know, <laughs> Wednesday night after service, some of you know Brother Morell Cornwell from Wichita, Kansas. He said, I got a, I got a word for you. <laughs> Bring it on. But it's not time yet. Oh my goodness. 
He said, it's building. <laughs> and uh, I'm like, all right. And, and I found out he was leaving Friday morning. I'm so all right, you got till Friday morning. For, I, I didn't come looking for it, but now that I know there is one, I will take it. So throughout the course of service Thursday night a couple of times, I have to tell you, I don't think I have ever had more of a timely and more of a specific word from God. I'm not really going to tell you any specifics of that because it was to me. (laughs) But I will tell you it is directly connected to what I'm preaching to you tonight. I've said to some of, or I've said at different times, settings, some in service. The last 12 months, almost 12 months, last September. Starting last September, this past year, I've gone through some of the most challenging, difficult, darkest times of my walk with God, or more so my ministry. If you're not aware of that, didn't know that, then I guess Jesus and I have done a good job of hiding it. (laughs) Don't judge somebody by how they preach and how they worship. and That's called grace. Grace empowers you to do some things you don't feel like doing or you're not up to, you know, at the moment to do. And you know, spouses are a pretty awesome gift from God. I have had over the last 11 months several men of God speak into my life. Men that are a part of this board of trustees, some that are more my peers, that are my friends. But the first person at the beginning of my struggle that spoke into my life was my wife. And everything I've heard since then all goes back to what she absolutely nailed on the head from the beginning. So you might want to listen. That's not permission for some of you wives to be jabbing elbows in your husband, right? Last fall... I don't, I know some of you. It's, this isn't like the Thursday night a couple of weeks ago. It's going to get a lot, it's going to get a little faster than this in a little bit. But if you'll just bear with me, we'll, let me lay a little bit of foundation. Last fall, I know some of you probably are very good at, you know, following totally through with what you do and every plan you come up with, everything, you just do it down to the T. Well, my house, we don't, we don't always succeed that way. One of the things we try to do as a part of now homeschooling is take something from what we did at Antioch Christian School and use a memory verse. And um, We haven't gotten through very many, but we've gotten through a couple. And last fall, the passage I just read to you was the passage I, I guess by God's leading selected for our family to work through. And in the course of the beginning of my struggle, my wife very kindly asked me, is it a coincidence that this is the verse that God gave us, gave you? 
And she asked me the question, is your calling sure? Answer that one question and the rest will start to fall in place. That's from the uh, Angela Wright commentary. (laughs) Answer that one question and the rest will start to fall in place. And I got to tell you, every time the dust kind of settles over the last 11 months, I come back to that as being the absolute heart of it all. Is my calling and my election sure? And I'm going to preach to some people tonight that I believe in my spirit are similar to the way I've been. By God's grace, I think I've turned a new page in the chapter and hopefully we're now on to the next thing God's going to start working out in my life because he's never done. It's just something new. (laughs) It's just the next thing. But I I believe I'm preaching to some people tonight, male and female, and I'm not talking with regards necessarily to what your role, responsibility, title, whatever is. But I'm preaching to people tonight that are trying to function with an unsure calling and election. And Peter said, give diligence. Give diligence comes from one Greek word there, and it means to use speed, to make effort, to be prompt or earnest. You work on, not God, not leaving it up to God, but you work on making sure. You give the focus, the attention, the effort to making sure that your calling and your election is sure. The word calling there means a calling, a calling to. It is an invitation. It's an invitation. The word election means a choice. It is the act of picking out, of choosing. It is the thing or person chosen. The act of picking out or choosing. Make the invitation... And the selection, sure. The title I gave you tonight for this message is really wasn't a title for this message. I just kind of decided to use it. I don't know how long it's been now, but some point a while back, I'd say probably a year or more. Brother Middleton, I started trying on a daily basis to just confess this. I am called. I am chosen. I am anointed. I've gone to the pulpit, and as I'm standing there about to preach, I've confessed, I am called, I am chosen, I am anointed. I'm not here by accident, I'm not here by a mistake, I'm not here by coincidence, I'm not here by happenstance, some of you don't really have to deal with this, but I do, I'm not here because of what my last name is. I'm not here because of who my daddy is. I am called, I am chosen, I am anointed. 
And if you do not make your calling and election sure, the enemy will attack your calling and your election. Because as long as you have not made that sure, you will not have the confidence to then do what it is God has called you to do. But it's not just according to what Peter said, up to God to solidify my calling and election. It is up to me to be a part of working to make sure that my calling and my election are sure. And you're called and you've got an election, but I got my own. Yours doesn't threaten mine and mine doesn't threaten yours. Yours is no more valuable than mine, and mine's not more valuable than yours. God has given us an invitation. An invitation. And then He's given us an election. He's chosen us. But we spend a lot of time trying to function in our calling and our election without the confidence in that calling and election. If I'm not preaching to anybody, I'll turn my iPad off and dismiss you and we'll go home. Okay. I know I'm supposed to have a sure word of God and not worry about what you say, but a little bit of flesh there still alive. He said, make it sure. The word sure, according to Thayer's, means stable, fast, firm. Make your calling and election sure. Make it stable. I appreciate my wife telling me she loves me. I am thankful she tells me she loves me. But I don't, I'm not looking for her to tell me that because I'm unsure. I appreciate hearing it, but I, I at 23 years into now, I, you know, at, at 23 days into dating, 23 days into engagement, I might still been looking for some assurance. But 23 years into marriage, I'm not looking for the assurance she still loves me. I, I, that got settled a long time ago. I, I don't know that I can take you to the spot, the time, the place it got settled. But I know one thing. I can't remember the last time I've questioned my wife's love for me. How, how immature would it be 23 years into marriage to still question her love for me? I know she appreciates and wants to hear me say that I love her. I'm not one of those people that at the end of every phone call, I love you. And the end of it, I don't do that well. I don't know. I came from a family that said it, my parents, but I just, I, I just don't do love you, love you. I'm not questioning you mean it and you whatever, but I, I just don't do that. I do think, I, I do think I average once a day. I do think so. And I know she needs and wants, but it's, it's not because she questions it. I can't explain to you all the reasons why it's needed, but it's needed. But it's not because she doubts it. But we spend a lot of time having to revisit. Okay, we're like, you know, some of you never did this. Unfortunately, I did it pretty close to literally, if not actually ever literally, pretty close. Do you like me? Check. Yes or no. 
what I did more often than a piece of paper with two boxes was to one of my close friends, do me a favor. Without her knowing, find out if she likes me, or then it changed to find out if she still likes me. We can't keep doing that with Jesus, folks. Tell, tell me one more time you called me. Just tell me one more time you chose me. Brother Middleton, I need you to do me a favor if you don't mind when you pray and pray for me. In hopes that God will tell you something he's not telling me. Peter said, if you get this thing settled, if you get this calling and election, sure. If you get it stable and firm, you can be guaranteed you'll never fall away. Strong says that this word means through the idea of baseality. It is stable. The word baseality, according to Webster's Dictionary, is relating to, situated at, or forming the base of, or relating to the foundation. It is the base or the essence. It is of or relating to or being essential for maintaining the fundamental vital activities of an organism. Now I know I don't think Webster is considered a spiritual commentator and that's not a spiritual definition but somebody needs to get that right there. It is again according to Strong's it's through the idea this sure making your calling and election sure is the idea of baseality and according to Webster's it is of or relating to or being essential for maintaining the fundamental vital activities of an organism. If you and I don't get our calling sure, we do not have what is essential for the fundamental vital activities we are called to do. If we don't get it settled, I am called, I am chosen, I am anointed. Some of you, there's preachers in this place tonight that you can take us by your words, and perhaps literally, but I figuratively, you can take us to the place, to the spot where God called you. You can take us to the, to, I mean, you can, you can pinpoint it, you know it, some of you, it was almost an audible voice. It was as clear as day. You knew God, God called me. We ask it to the AML candidates. It gets asked at the district board a lot of times to those coming for license for the UPCI. How, how do you know you're called? When were you called? And, and some can give that answer. And, 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 and I'm one of those folks. I know I'm not by myself, but I'm in, I'm one of those people that's in that, in that crowd that oftentimes we feel a lot less, you know, important than the other folks. Cause I can't pinpoint the time. I can't pinpoint the place. There wasn't a moment in which I heard God call me. All I know is for as long as I can remember, I felt it. I, I felt the draw. I felt the tug. I, there was just something inside of me. I just knew this, what I'm doing now, is why I was made. There was a few other things that in my natural mind, my natural man, I wanted to do. But there was just something down deep in 
inside, I knew this is what I was called for. This is why I was created. So whether you've got that moment or whether it's more like me and it's just a, it's just this, this blur that just was there. Called and then chosen and then anointed. But if that's constantly fluctuating, you lack the stability to be able to do what it is God has called you to do. You think, you, you, you think, uh, some of you'll know this name, few of you, some of you won't, but do you think Manny Machado, the third baseman for the Baltimore Orioles, the leadoff hitter, I guess he's still hitting leadoff. You, you think he wakes up every morning, am, am I, am I an Oriole or not? I don't, I don't know if I'm an Oriole today or not. Am I a third baseman or not? Am I a hitter or not? You think he does that? Somewhere a long time ago, he settled. I am a baseball player. I'm a, I'm a ball player. He doesn't wake up every morning trying to decide whether or not he's got, you say, well, he's got a contract. Yeah. So do you. Called the Holy Ghost. The guarantee that there's now something more. Not just salvation. Not just eternity. You weren't just saved to just be saved. You weren't just saved to get to heaven. You were brought in the kingdom to now become a functioning member of the body. But somehow we got to get it settled. I have been called. I have been chosen. And God has anointed me for what he's called me and chosen me for. And so I got to be settled and confident in that. Not in me as an individual in my abilities and my talents, but in his calling. Because if God calls God, equips. If God calls, God prepares. If God calls, God anoints. And God doesn't call you, God doesn't call anybody to fail. God never calls somebody to fail. God may call you to a to a purpose or a plan that from man's perspective looks like failure, such as Stephen who preaches one message and gets stoned and that's it. But Stephen wasn't a failure. Stephen was a great success because he did what he was created to do. And lives were impacted because he did what he was created to do. Sure. Got to make it sure. Listen to what Job says in Job 23 and verse number 8. He said, Behold, I go forward, but he's not there. And backward, but I cannot perceive him. On the left hand where he doth work, but I cannot behold him. He hideth himself on the right hand that I cannot see him. I can't find him. I've looked everywhere I know to look and I can't seem to find him. I, I've even gone where I could see him working, but when I showed up where he was working, it was as if he wasn't there. But he knows. 
He knows the way that I take. And when he has tried me, I shall come forth as a sorry loser. When God's got done testing me, I'm going to be an embarrassed heap of humanity. That was pretty good. Three H's. Oh, no, two H's. Heap of him. Sorry. Brotherhood be like five or six or seven. I shall come forth as gold. Whatever it is, God's got you going through right now. Whatever process it is God has you in right now, it is not to destroy you. It is not to destroy you. It is not to destroy you. But it is so that when you come through it, you shall be as gold. That you've been tested. You've been tried. But when it comes, when it comes to the end of it, you are now shining. So here's what he says. My foot has held his steps. I have a sure foundation. I don't know where he is, but he knows where I am. And so my feet has held his steps. His way have I kept and not declined. You and I have got to get this calling and election sure. So that when circumstances are going one way and results are going one way, we have something we can stand on to know. My calling and my election are not determined by the circumstances. Oh, hallelujah. All right, you sit there and just listen. I'll preach to me. That's fine. My calling and my election are not confirmed by the circumstances. My calling and my election are not validated by the circumstances. My calling and my election is sure. Because my calling and my election came from Him. And it came from Him not based on what I had done or what I had accomplished. I know I've taught it and preached it several times and taught it on Thursday night recently. But before Jesus had ever done anything, ever performed a miracle, ever walked on water, ever taught anybody anything, there was a voice that came from heaven that said, This is my beloved son, not in whom I will be pleased, not in whom once he does everything he's supposed to do, will he said, no, this is right now before anything else happens. It is my beloved son in whom I am present tense. Well, pleased. Jesus leaves from that and goes into the wilderness where the enemy now wants to question his identity and his calling, who he is. Are you who you say you are? It's got to be sure. My foot has held his steps. I haven't gone back. And he said, I have esteemed the words of his mouth more than my necessary food. I have got something to hold on I've got something to stand on. 
It's a sure calling and election. We live, believe me, I'm the, I, I am the head of the club. We live with this, this, we, I, I think, I think on one hand we intended to be sincere and, and, and we mean it right, but this, it, this sort of this sense of humility that we live with. Constantly putting ourselves down. Again, forgive me for the athletic references, but <laughs> what would happen if, if Buck Showalter, the manager of the Orioles, looking for a pinch hitter, looked down at the end of the bench at one of the guys on the bench and said, I, I need you to go hit. If that guy looked at him and said, me? Are, are you talking to me? I double-knotted the, knotted the right one, it's staying. I didn't double-knot the left one, and it's coming loose. I'll be right back with you. <laughs> if that guy kind of ducked his head, and he'd go for somebody else. That guy's sitting there on the end of the bench. When the, when the manager starts looking around for somebody, there's something inside of him. There's a little boy that still lives inside. That he's learned how as a mature man not to do it. But on the inside, there's a little boy that's going, Me, pick me, pick me. I wonder if, what Jesus does when he comes walking through the cl- crowd looking for a hitter. <laughs> looking for somebody. And we're like, No. Pick brother you, get brother Middleton, get. Rather than something inside of us. If you're looking for somebody, if you can use anything, if you can use anything, there's a couple different ways you can apply that song, but, but if you can use anything, if it does, if, if you just need something, you just need something. I'm something. So if you can use anything, I know I've got weaknesses. I know I've got faults and fail. I know I got a lot of baggage. I know I got a lot of junk. But if you're looking for something, if you're looking for a vessel, you have called and invited. And so I accept the invitation. I know we, we wouldn't we would not consider this we would this we wouldn't think this to be possible and maybe in some ways it wasn't but what if Jesus spent from thirty to thirty three constantly having to get the Father to affirm him? Just one more time, Father, am I the Son? He said, he said. For this cause. For this cause was I born. See, we spend a lot of time hoping for this cause we were born. I hope this is what I was made for. I hope this is what God's brought me. I hope this is why God. Jesus said, for this cause. I know why I'm here. 
I understand my purpose. I understand my place. And I understand the Father didn't send me to fail. And the cross is not a failure because it's a part of the plan of what I'm here to do. And so I'm not here to be a failure. I'm not here to blow this. I know why I'm here. Listen, I think David illustrates my title. 1 Samuel chapter 16, verse number 11. Samuel said unto Jesse, Are here all thy children? And he said, There remaineth yet the youngest. Behold, he keepeth the sheep. And Samuel said unto Jesse, Call him. Go call him. Okay, for you diehards, fetch him. Go call him. We will not sit down until he comes. And he sent and brought him in. He was ruddy and with all of a beautiful countenance and goodly to look to. And the Lord said, I've chosen him. I've called him. I've chosen him. Now anoint him, for this is he. And Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the midst of his brethren. And the Spirit of the Lord came upon David from that day forward. So Samuel rose up and went to Ramah from that day forward. I wonder how much power we've got that's sitting unused because we've been called we've been chosen we've been anointed but we're still trying to settle the call we're still unsure of why we're here and what we're really doing and not realizing that the anointing has come upon that we've been anointed and the spirit has come upon us That's chapter 16. Chapter 17. David said to Saul, standing there with Goliath, challenging the army of the living God. David says to Saul, I've been working on making my calling and election sure. I've been working on making my calling and election sure. From the moment I got anointed, I haven't been just sitting around doing nothing. I've been working on making my calling and my election sure. And let me just tell you, part of the way I did that was I was keeping my father's sheep. And there came a lion and a bear and took a lamb out of the flock. And I went out after him and I smote him. And I delivered it out of his mouth. And when he arose against me, I caught him by his beard and smote him and slew him. Thy servant slew both the lion and the bear, and this uncircumcised Philistine shall be as one of them, seeing he hath defied the armies of the living God. David said, Moreover, the Lord that delivered me out of the paw of the lion and out of the paw of the bear, he will deliver me out of the hand of the Philistine. And Saul said unto David, Go, the Lord be with thee. And I think David might have thought in his head, Sorry, Saul. 
call. I already know God's with me. I don't need you to tell me that because I got called. I was chosen. I've been anointed. And now I've been working on making that sure. And so I know that here today with the challenge I am facing, I've got a sure calling and a sure election. And so I am not afraid to face the challenge that's before. One of our greatest enemies is fear. It's fear. If you've ever played, I'm, I'm sure in some areas of football it applies, but especially in baseball, basketball, golf, some things like that, if you are trying to do something with fear, it is pretty much guaranteed you will fail. If you stand on the foul line, Brother Shatwell told, some of you may have watched, heard it, Brother Shatwell told in his session, I think it was Thursday, I've never heard this before, but in the finals, NBA finals, the uh, Bulls were playing the Utah Jazz and Carl the Mailman was his nickname. Malone was standing on the foul line. I guess the game was on the line. And they said, it is said that Jordan whispered to Carl Malone, the mailman doesn't deliver on Sunday. And Malone took the foul shot and missed. Sorry, this is one of those nights we are just at sports heavy, but you've, you've, I've used this before. Forgive me for using it again. If you're standing on the tee on a golf shot, or really if you're standing for any shot and there's water, psychologically, they say, do not tell yourself, don't hit it in the water. Because the way your brain is wired, it misses the don't. And you end up doing what you're telling yourself not to do. And I promise you that is the absolute truth. When you allow fear to oppose you, you will be paralyzed. You will not do what it is God's called you to do. Could it be that part of the cap God has on the results of our ministry is we're still a, we're waiting on the results to confirm the call? Rather than the call being confirmed no matter what the results are. I've I've been prophesied to several times in my life, that God was going to use me in the miraculous. I prayed for like four or five people that were in the hospital sick that have died. If you're in the hospital and you're really sick, you don't want me coming.
You want to talk about a battle. I'm talking men of God. I'm not talking about some flaky whatever. I'm talking about men of God. You know what? Who I am. What I am. What I'm called to do, called to be, is not affirmed by the results. Brother Brother Cisco said it. If you take the blame when you pray for somebody and God doesn't heal them, you will take the credit for it when God does. And we argue with that, and I, oh, I never take the credit. But you just watch somebody pray for one or two folks that get healed. Start kind of just, woo. It's kind of something in that hand. <laughs> what, what cap would God take off of your life and my life? If I got the calling and the election sure and the results didn't matter. Preachers, I, I get this a lot on Sunday mornings traveling around. But I've also gotten it other places, and I've also do the same thing. Bring a guest preacher in. You sit there and you you sit there for the first ten minutes of service. Hey man, I'm really sorry. I don't know where everybody is. I don't know what it is about my ministry on Sunday morning, but apparently I am the thing that keeps people away. I've heard it once, I've heard it. 20 times in the last six years. Brother, I, I'm sorry, I don't know where everybody is today. And you know what we do? We apologize and apologize and apologize. It's so funny to me, last year when I preached in Denver and we were out there on vacation, I'm standing there on the platform. Brother Hood, who all these years I've known as the evangelist that's come to Antioch, I'm now sitting, sit, standing there as the guest speaker and now hear him telling me, Brother Wright, I'm really sorry, I don't know where everybody is tonight. <laughs> I literally laugh standing there on the platform. And I, I'm like, you know how crazy it is to hear you telling me that? That's what I tell you. <laughs> it's not that we're just concerned because people are missing. It's, it's our fear that you are going to judge me by what you see. I know I'm stepping on a few of you elders' toes, and that's all right. I'm stepping on my own as well. If not a one of you all, I just came from Mississippi for the last week, so I will say it the other way. If not a one of y'all showed up here tonight, that does not change my calling and my election. If you all sit there and stare at me like I'm the biggest idiot you've ever seen, that doesn't change my calling and my election. Now don't get me wrong, I'm not telling you I haven't struggled with this at times and I'm on a high tonight and hopefully I'll stay on it. It doesn't change it. Whether, it's a tough, I don't know, some of y'all, you don't know that I guess God has chosen you to be the thorn in the preacher's side. 
Because, man, I'm telling you, it, it's a tough thing when you're preaching and you think you got to wear, and you, and, and, and you, the, the, I guess it's the devil. He just happens to get this magnifying glass on the very person that refuses to budge. Four or five people can be up going, preach it, brother, right? That's it. And all you see is that one. And then the first thing that happens is, before I get done, I'm going to get you to move. I know all these other preachers at Antioch, they're all more mature than I am, but somehow... And then when that's not working, man, if I'd have prayed a couple more minutes today, if I'd have fasted this week, they probably would have moved. And then you start going, maybe I didn't, maybe I didn't come with a word. I know, I know, let me help a few of y'all. I know Bishop likes it the more quieter it gets. He says it, and I believe him with all of my heart that he's as serious, sincere and truthful as he can believe. When y'all are quiet, it don't bother me. I've been preaching since I was 18 years old. When y'all are quiet, it bothers me. I'm not preaching for a, rep- a response, but I like a response. And if you're not careful, you can fall into the trap that the response determines the word. The the response determines whether or not I had a word. If I really had a word, you would have responded. Since you didn't respond, I must have missed it. Jesus, 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 Jesus. God manifested in the flesh. Stopped by his home church. Preached at the place he came from. Hometown. And said, I can do stuff everywhere else. But here. He understood it, but he didn't question who he was. That's part of some of our problem with being involved with the lost. If every person we talk to doesn't come get saved, get the Holy Ghost and live for God, we have failed. If your job is to sow seed, you've done your job. If God has called you to be a sower, be a sower. Don't worry about the results. Make your calling and your election sure. Be content. Be comfortable. Be confident in who it is and what it is God has called you to be. 
Being confident, Philippians 1 and 6, being confident of this very thing, that he which hath begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. The message Bible says there's never been the slightest doubt in my mind that the God who started this great work in you would keep at it and bring it to a flourishing finish on the very day. Christ Jesus appears if he has called you and chosen you and anointed you there needs to be some confidence in the calling and the choosing and the anointing that he is going to perform he is going to do what it is he's called you Wherefore, seeing we are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which does so easily beset us, and let us run with patience the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus the author. That word, the author, means the originator, the starter of our faith, and the finisher. He called me, and that's the start. But he is equipping and empowering and anointing and strengthening and developing me to finish what it is he started. I wish I could tell you I've gotten there over the last 12 months by myself because that's how we all like to get there. Because if we can all get there by ourselves, we can take credit for completing the class. But it's been several different men of God along the way the last couple of months. I stood there Thursday night after Brother Cornwell prayed for me in the altar during the first wave in that service and came back to me again. And then after service we talked and I stood there as he said some of almost the identical things that Brother Schutz had said to me in May. And my flesh wants to go, why have I not gotten this? Why did I not get this by myself? But God just kind of has a way. Putting other people in the process. So when it's all done, he makes sure we can't take credit for what was done. Not only can we not take credit for the results that were done, we also can't, can't take credit for the process that got us to the results. Us, us men especially, boy, we like to show everybody what we can do and how well we can do it and prove I can do it by myself. And then God decides to say, you know what? You can't do it by yourself. And as long as you're trying to do it by yourself, I'm just going to keep tripping you up. You know what? If you've been rebuking the devil over some stuff and it's not changing, you might want to check the source. If you've been rebuking the devil that's messing with your finances, you might want to back up. Maybe God put holes in your pockets. He said, I blew on it. Not the devil. What an enemy. I did it. Because God doesn't want you and I taking credit for what he does and what he ought to get the glory for. So it's some things that have to happen for us individually just between us and Jesus. But then, fortunately, he sends some people along the way to help us in the process of making sure that our calling and election are sure. 
I know there's not a lot of hype and emotion here right now. But I, I believe there are some people in this sanctuary right now that it is the will of God tonight for you to make that calling and election sure, stable, settled. No more questioning. No more allowing other people and circumstances and whatever to question. I've been honest with you all before, transparent with you before. I'll be transparent with you again. I know what I preached a year ago in January or February, January, I think it was, when I came back from the conference in Louisiana. I preached my inaugural address. I know what I preached that night, but I'm just going to tell you right now, over the last 11 months, I haven't just asked God to confirm to me I was supposed to be at Antioch. I've asked God to send me someplace else. I'm sorry if that disappoints some of you and if it makes you think I love you less than you just, you have, there's no place in this world I love more than this place, this church, these few people. If God, if God gave me a blank slate tonight to pick what I wanted to do, where I wanted to go, I'm there. But I've allowed things and circumstances and situations to cause me to question my calling. And I guess what I thought was if I'd go someplace else, I could get a sure calling someplace else without resolving it here. What you do or don't do doesn't determine my calling. Whether you love me or hate me doesn't determine my calling. whether I like you or not, <laughs> doesn't determine my call. It's where God has placed you and where God has placed me. That's all it takes. That's really all that should be needed. If he has positioned and appointed you and I where you are, where I am, that's what it takes to make the calling sure. Sister Trish, come please. Let's do it this way. Brother, Brother Carlos, Sister Zenobia, would you two come please? Hallelujah. Brother Middleton, I want you to help me in a moment if you would. Try to direct this more, but the results or lack thereof the past several years are not an indicator of the calling and the election. What has or has not happened the last several years in DC is not an indicator of the calling and the election being sure and if I'm off I'm off prayer can never hurt I want us to pray tonight that God would give the two of you that no matter what the circumstances have been are or may be 
that the calling and the election in your life is sure. Brother Middleton, lay your hands on them, please. The rest of you, I want you to stretch your hands toward them right now. Sister Middleton, Mr. Middleton, will you come join with your husband, please? I'm sorry. In the name of Jesus. Father, we come against every lie, every accusation of the enemy tonight. You have given a calling and election. And I pray tonight, God, that you would make it sure independent from every circumstance and every situation that this calling and election would remain sure in the name of Jesus Christ in the name of Jesus Christ let there be a soundness of these minds, God. In the name of Jesus Christ. In the name of Jesus Christ. That would deflect every question, every doubt, every accusation of the enemy. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In the name of Jesus, 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 in the name of Jesus. I want to go ahead and just open this altar. If you're here tonight and you would acknowledge, you need God to help you to make that calling and that election sure. You're tired of the mountains and the valleys of of one day you're settled and confident but the next day you find yourself doubting and questioning but you want to let the Holy Ghost tonight help you to make it sure your calling and your election being sure is not dependent upon what God does through you or how He does it. It's not based on the results that you can measure. It's not based on how many people get the Holy Ghost when you preach. It's not based on how many people get healed when you pray. It's not based on how many people come to church that you invite. That's not what makes your calling and your election sure. The fact that God has called you. God has chosen you. God has anointed you. That's all you need. The enemy wants you to think there's more that's needed. The enemy wants you to look for other things to affirm or confirm that calling. But it's the Spirit of God. It's the Spirit of God that makes that calling and election sure. God, I pray tonight for every individual that's in this altar right now that by your grace God by your grace you would give them what it takes to give diligence to making their calling and election sure in the name of Jesus
the power of your spirit, Lord. We come against the accusations and the questions and the doubts that the enemy brings our way tonight, God. Make it a sure calling. Make it a sure election. Let it be stable. Let it be firm. Let it be the foundation that we can stand upon that my calling and my election are sure. I don't need continual confirmation. I don't need continual reaffirming of it, God. But it's settled. It's sure. I've been called. I've been chosen. I've been anointed for the purpose, the task that you have set before me. Come on. Come on. I believe some of you are going to lead different tonight if you'll allow the Holy Ghost to do it. Let him do it. Let him do it. Let him do it. Let him solidify in your heart, in your spirit. Let that calling and that election be sure. You know where I am. You placed me where I am. You positioned me where I am. I'm not going to let people, I'm not going to let circumstances, I'm not going to let the enemy dictate the assurance of my calling. Let it be sure. Let it be sure. Let it be sure. Let the calling in the election be sure. Let the calling and the election be sure, God. You knew all of my shortcomings. You knew all of my failures when you called me. You knew all of those things when you chose me. You knew all of my weaknesses, all of my downfalls. You knew all of my struggles before you ever called me and chose me and anointed me not that didn't keep you from calling me those things didn't keep you from choosing me they haven't prevented you from anointing me by your grace God I'm gonna walk I'm gonna walk with the assurance of the calling and the election I'm gonna walk with the assurance of the calling and the election not going to keep looking to be reaffirmed not going to look for you to keep calling me and keep calling me and keep choosing me and keep choosing me I'm going to make it sure I'm going to make that calling and election sure It's stable. It's a firm footing. It's a sure foundation that I'm going to stand on.
I'm not going to let seasons that seem to be times of unfruitfulness take away my sure calling. I'm not going to let the valleys that I walk through from time to time, the lack of success that I may seem to be having, cause me to question the calling and the election. It's going to remain sure. It's going to remain sure. It's going to be my stable footing, my stable foundation. not going to let the ups and downs dictates the ups and downs of my confidence and my calling. not going to let the hills and valleys that I walk also be a hill and a valley of my confidence and assurance in the call and the election that you have placed in my life. It's sure. It's established. It's unwavering. It's unchanging. By your grace tonight, by your grace tonight, by your grace tonight, we make our calling and election sure. By your grace tonight, God, it's sure. By your grace tonight, it's firmly established. God, let us be sure in that calling so we're not looking for things to validate us. We're not looking for results to validate us. But no matter what the results are or are not, the calling and the election is sure. No matter what happens or doesn't happen, I want my calling and election to be sure. I want it to be stable. I want it to be unwavering. I want to live with the confidence and the certainty that I've been called, I've been chosen, and I've been anointed to do what it was I was called and chosen for. What you've started, what you've started in me, what you've called me to do, you're gonna you're gonna perform it. You're gonna complete it. You are the originator, but you're also the finisher. You're the one that started it all, but you're also the one that's gonna bring it to completion. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. God established tonight in these young people and these young adults a calling and an election that is sure. 
Let them get it settled now, God. By your grace, don't let them have to spend the next decade of their lives working on making that calling and election sure. But let it get settled, God. Let it get settled. Let it get settled in their hearts, their minds, their spirits that it's a sure calling and election. You've invited them. You've selected them. You've picked them. It's not an accident. It's not by chance. It's a part of your divine plan and purpose for their life. In the name of Jesus. That's what I'll be. I will be what you've called me to be. Oh, I say yes. Lord, I agree. My desire, Lord, passionate is to be what you've called me to be. Oh, that's what I'll be. I will be what you've called me to be. Oh, I say It's to be, it's to be, 